Got came man to line me with a beat quick Got a bar and a pen and got the tree slip I few step on my bros, I never creeping Red say it's got me leaning It's like, what do you want from me and stop stalling I'm trying to turn off rages like stop his teeth calling But it's chap like bangs and he just spent couple racks on some bust down shoes That he barely even walks in Listen, can you really step with gang? And we pull up two step and flex with man And we pull up these bodies that do love in the gang And we pull up grades then put you smelling on man When we pull up, can you really step with gang? Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, you're joined here with Tony. Thanks for listening back to Ball's Corner. I'm joined by your own boy, Corel Prince, uh, the writer of the 100% attendance. And it's just us two. Sad days, isn't it? No one wants to jump on today. So we decided to switch things up a little bit and do a 1v1. But before we get into the topics and all what you're going to be hearing for the next half hour, 45 minutes, however long this podcast is, Corel, how are you? I'm blessed, man. It was good to see you and the man them on the weekend, didn't it? Obviously, we linked up for the Emirates Cup and yep. did a bit of enjoyment afterwards. So <laughs> I'm in good spirits going into this week. <laughs> much enjoyment, you get me? So some of it I can't remember, some of it I don't want to remember. So uh, we'll keep it a buck right there. Um, what are we talking about today? What are you lot listening today for? We're talking about generational talents and what is generational, what isn't generational, which is actually something I'm very big on. So I'm excited for this one, man. I wanted to do it regardless of if, you know, we had a full group or if it was a 1v1, but I wanted to be the one to speak on this as well. So mm. let's get into it, man. Mm, indeed. And listen, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this as well because football Twitter has now become a massive part of the community, uh, even though it's filled with teenagers and kids that just haven't been there. They haven't seen it. They don't have the experience. Don't have the XP points. Um, their voices are actually really loud. And it's one word that we keep hearing. It keeps getting flown around, flown about. Generational this player, generational this player is this, this player is that. Um, let's start with what does it actually mean? What does generational mean to you, Corel? Generational means to me that it's a once in a generation player. Right. Or the pinnacle. Because I feel like nowadays, like especially being in the the, the current era in it, and having seen like, I guess let me say, actively watching football for like the last fifteen years of my life, mm. um, I say it's yeah. It, there's a select group in it. I used to think it was one player, but I believe it's a select group in it where there's maybe like five players to in in that in that in that category. Um, so just to expand that, what you're saying, I'm trying to say that a footballer that is so good, like he's best of his, he's best of that, I don't know, decade, or, I don't know how you say it, like every, let's say footballers are separated by 10 years, depending on when they broke through, right? Are you basically saying he's the best footballer in that 10 year span of an age group or? Yeah, I believe it's to do with not the generation of football, but the generation of age group in it. So, where you have Messi and Ronaldo that are eight, born in 85 and 87, respectively, mm. they're generational within that category of age. And then you have Neymar, for example, who's generational being born in 1992. But as you can see, their primes have um, interwoven. Yeah. So people skew that as generational being what they went on to achieve versus everyone else. But for me, it's within that crop, you know, like out of everyone born within 
I'd say like 1990 to like 1995. Mm. Neymar is far and away the best player in that age group, unless I'm forgetting people, but I'm sure he is. See, um, I, I respect that outlook. I think it kind of simmers it down and makes it easier to see. Or I, I think actually a lot of people would agree with you in regards to how you see generational, but the way I, f- I view it is different. Um, I've, As I've, always. I, and I'm not doing it on purpose. I just generally think like, I have a different outlook in football. Um, no, it's true. It's true. Generational footballer isn't like one. I get it. Like one in the generation. I get that. But for me, it's a footballer that has changed the game. And now the game's yeah. and how good he is. Do you get what I'm saying? So a footballer that has rediscovered or redefined a certain position so much to the, to the, to the extent that his influence has made an existential difference in football i.e. Sergio Busquets. Busquets has redefined that, what do you want to call him, a DLP, Regista, whatever he is, right? To the point where, like, him, he's he is an individual that is so different to other footballers around him that no one else is of his league. Do you get me? Ask anyone on planet Earth. Who on planet Earth can do what Busquets does for Barcelona or could do if, I think he's... I think he's but he's that... Yeah? Is that generational or is that pioneer because mm. the 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 way when you use Busquets obviously Busquets is like probably easily top five like in that position all time anyway for me anyway mm. um, but is he the first of his kind or the first to be utilised in such a way that it's used as a weapon so that led into like an older age pillow being deployed in such a way and, and you know, in almost a similar way or someone like who missed out, like the Carrick, who would have been perfect for that kind of role, missing out. Like, is that's why I say, like, if it's to do with how the game is played and changing the game, then can Neymar be classed as gener- a g- generational talent? Because he's the last of his breed. The game is going away from what he is. Yep. So it's like, how like with your viewpoint how can we measure that when there's players that don't fit in that box but might clearly be a generational player or once in a generation player she is, you know what a, I mean it's a good question that I can't even be comfortable or not comfortable confident with an answer for I'm honest with you um, but from my from not necessarily my viewpoint but from my understanding of what I'm saying is that before Sergio Busquets the last person at Barcelona that was able to do his job was Pep Guardiola and I don't know if you've seen the documentary Take the Ball Past the Ball. Um, they made it very obvious or very clear that when Pep was going to, obviously he'd gone past his golden age, uh, the next hub of Barcelona they really struggled filling and they were worried that they were never going to be able to hit that player again until Sergio Busquets came in. Mm-hmm. Um, Busquets and Guardiola in their heyday are similar footballers, i.e., but, sorry, but, but Busquets just turned out to be more superior in terms of his game intellect was just out of this world. He was yeah. just his footballer technical wise ability wise um and just his whole viewership and reading of the game in comparison to his other his other teammates at Lamazia. see what i'm saying yeah they were basically saying that at 16 he was a 27 year old footballer <laughs> so um yeah I, get, I don't i don't really know how to answer that question in regards to what does that mean for the others who don't quite fit my description but obviously are sensational in their own right but from like Krell, you know this. When it comes to ranking footballers, I'm very strict. I'm very strict. I don't like throwing around the word world class 
I don't like just rating everyone else because everyone else likes that football enough. For me, um, there's only a finite amount of creme de la creme footballers and I can't just give them generational because they happen to be the best of their year group. They have to be the best of the best of the best to get generational. So that's why I have that viewpoint. Do you know what I'm saying? No, but, but the the thing with that and why I specified in terms of when I said age group is that generation is time, isn't it? Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Like, I think there's a difference between the generational talent yeah, and an era-defining player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So where I say I can break it down and say you got your 85 to, I don't know, 1985 to 90, 1990 to 95, 95 to 2000s and so on as we're getting to, you know, guys born in 2004 and 5 making their debuts. The, like, we, I bunched them in in that way because that tells me what generation you're in. Obviously, if your five-year gap is how many year groups you have in school. So once you get outside of that, you was in primary school when we was in school. So I like to separate that and say, like, you're part of this age group, you're part of that age group. I think an era-defining player is very different in the sense that, like, when you're saying it, it's like you've got Messi and Ronaldo that were of this generation and did their thing, right? But then you have someone like, let's say, Frank Ribéry in it, who at his prime was was voted third-best player in the world. But in your ranking, if you're talking about era-defining players and generational talents, he doesn't get mentioned in because the standard is so high that you're not trying to shoehorn anyone else in. But I feel no, like... I can, I can, so- sorry to interrupt you. Sorry, actually finish off. Finish off. Land. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, yeah, we've... So, but just to circle back is just to say, like, when I say generational, you have to group people in because people are given generational on when they're coming up. You yeah. don't really... You don't get generational when you're at the top, like people tend to get it when they're coming through. So, like, they're always tipped to be a generational talent. So that would be the difference between a, um, I hate to use his name, but it's a direct comparison. But like Robinho, for example, and Neymar, where coming out of Santos and coming through at Santos, what is projected for them and what they should be in world football is a generational talent. They should be the leader of their new school, we should say. But how their careers then turn out is where you get the failed wonder kid versus the, you know, fulfilled potential. Do you get where I'm coming from? You get where you're coming where, from. So, but I think the way, I don't know, I don't think that it's a bad way of looking at it, but I guess because we're, we're not disagreeing, because I can see where you're coming from, you see where I'm coming from, but we're just looking at it from two different metrics. And I guess... This is kind of good because it means we're not going to sit here agreeing with each other for the whole time. But it would be very interesting to see, like, what kind of names you put forward for yours. Because I think mine is very much easier because it's very linear. Where I could just say, uh, for this age group, is Messi and Ronaldo. For that age group, is Neymar, such and such. For that age group, is Mbappe. Um, how would, like, other than Busquets, who else did you kind of have? Before we get into all that as well, before we get into all that, the list will come, guys. Just mm. Let's give you the, the appetizer before we get into the main course. <laughs> uh, I want to also discuss necessarily how you factor these players. Are you looking at it from a career, especially when you talk about the previous generation, are you looking at it from a career standpoint in terms of how they performed over the, over the, over the course of their career? Or do you look at a peak standpoint where like, look, 
the 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 the, the stereotype, almost the stereotype. The common consensus is that footballers go through their peak at age twenty eight to thirty one, right? Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I believe a footballer's peak is when they're playing at paying sorry playing at their highest level possible. So, like, if I told you, in my personal opinion, Rooney's peak was twenty two thousand and nine to two thousand eleven, right? How old is he then? Twenty three. Twenty. Three, yeah, uh, yeah, 23 to... You seem to disagree with that, but I'm trying to say that, in my opinion, is when Rooney was playing at the, at the absolute peak of his powers and he never really replicated. I guess because he was playing different p- p- positions as well, but he never really... No, we're not getting into this again, innit? No, it's fine, it's fine. But like, I'm just trying to give an example. It's not the greatest example. I'm trying to say in terms yeah. of his output, he was he never managed to reach those numbers again. Um, so ideally, like that's the peak of his career, not what he did at 28 to 31. And you also get footballers that start off very brightly at the very beginning, play at their peak and then simmer downwards. And everyone says, oh, this is just a waste of everyone's time. Not necessarily. So how are we going to do it? For Are you going to discard those players because they fell off quickly? Or I just want to, I want to discuss that. So another example I can give you, like, um, I'm trying to think of someone that was like really good um, when they were younger. Or like, what, like a wonder kid, basically. It doesn't have to be a wonder kid necessarily, but like, just a, like let's say, like, okay, let's let's keep it wonder kid based, right? Let's look at Alessandro Pato for one, right? Or yeah. in fact, Mario Bellatelli, he's be- he's actually a better one. Bellatelli was on top of the world in two thousand and ten. Everyone was like, this guy is going to be, you know, this and that. Um, yeah. it wasn't. It's a mixture of things that his career went down. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But are you going to hold him in terms of whether or not he was a generational talent to how his career fell apart or was in in, in a long stretch? Or are you going to look at how good he was when he was at Inter and maybe that first season at Man City and be like, yeah, he was a generational talent. How are you going to do it? Are you going to do it by peak or are you going to do it by just the overall? The overall um, uh, it's an interesting one because funny enough, you bring up Balotelli and if I just look at it now, just bear me a sec. I just wanted to make sure I got this right. So yeah, he fits into the category of like those like when I say that age group in it, like your 90s, like five, like where you've got um him, ha- uh, Neymar, Hazard, Salah's in there somewhere. And out of all of them, him and Neymar were like the two most um, coveted the most yeah. highly rated because he'd achieved so much so young and yeah. the thing is I can't hold his career against him in terms of like him his career falling apart but he was still a general like deemed I don't know how to put it like he was still deemed a generational talent or a wonder kid when he was coming out Yeah, but I think a generational talent and then you have a generational player do you know what I'm saying? Generational talent, I think, wears off when you're young. Like, you're a talent, there's potential there. Like, what we what we project for you, and this is another conversation for another day that we need to have where we talk about player projections because mm. we need to start looking at a player and saying, okay, I see him being a Ballon d'Or winner. I see him being a really good player. I see him being a just a standard league player. But every time there's a young player that shows promise, it's always he should win a Ballon d'Or. He needs to be up there. He needs to do this. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. And that's not how football works. There's, you know, there's going to be better players and stuff. So, but in um, this case, I believe Balotelli was generational talent, but didn't evolve into a generational player. 
like for me, it's not his fault. It is his fault, depending on what factors you want to use. But the potential was there, but the potential was never fulfilled. Which is why I believe you can, you cannot be a generational talent, mm. but you can become a generational player. Yeah, because even if you look at like uh, the best example, Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Mm. People like to do a song and dance about like how highly rated he was and that. Da, 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 da. But he did not have the same ratings as Rooney did coming up. No, he wasn't. Whether it, in England or across Europe, like he was not rated the same way. Even if, yes, they beat England in the Euro 2004, whatever, that doesn't matter. Rooney was that guy at that age. Like there was no dispute. Then you had your Messi's. As soon as he touched base, the, the world was on fire. So yeah. Ronaldo wasn't deemed a generational talent. Really good player, but not deemed a generational talent. But obviously, as you can see, how his career's gone. Era-defining, generational, world, alien, whatever you want to call it, he became that. So you don't have to be one to become the other. Same way you don't have to be a wonder kid to become a world-class player. No, you said it right. I remember, Ronaldo, I remember Ronaldo's first season. I'm, I'm gonna, people are going to call me old when they hear this, but... I actually remember Ronaldo's first season at Man United. Um, he was, you know, I remember his debut. Actually, he came off the bench against Bolton, and he did a few flicks, got a nutmeg, couple of, um, uh, step overs, and then got fouled. And everyone was mm. like, "It's this show pony." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, he used to dive a lot, and um, people didn't like it. And I remember there was an interview as well in the in the in the Carling Cup, and they were like, and he was, they said to him, um, "Why did people? Why did they boo you?" stuff like that and he was like oh maybe they don't like me because I'm too good so even though Ronaldo believed in himself that he was too, he was a very good footballer and he was uh, you're right in regards to Rooney he wasn't up there and this is something else what happened that you mentioned because what I was leading on to with my Balotelli point was Balotelli's come through you, so where would you rank Balotelli in regards to generational player comparison to someone like Lewandowski who didn't wasn't a wonder kid do you know what I mean he was a high potential kid I guess. But, if I'm honest with you, I don't really remember. I remember he played for Lech Poznan, but I don't really remember. Huh? No one really rem- like, don't really remember time- like what, what he was like in terms to, because I remember he almost got a move to Blackburn. Yeah. Um, and then that didn't go through because the Ash Cloud and he ended up going Dortmund and no one really knew about him until his second season. Mm-hmm. I thought, so I don't know if, I can't remember if he was like a high potential player as a kid, but regardless, mm-hmm. like where he is now, I don't care who you are, like, you know, unless you're mystic, nobody knew he was going to end up here. Do you get me? Well, it, that's the case with every player that I don't know. Like, fair, like, even with the ratings Messi got, the ratings Ronaldo got, with what football had seen, because I think football is based on what has been seen before and then you project going forward. So, like, when you Messi and Ronaldo are coming through, like, I'm sure when they, they like people would say yeah they might win a couple ballon doors you know be at the peak for a little bit and whatnot nobody expects them to have seven and five yeah now when you see an Mbappe come through later on they're looking at him and saying oh he can win five because like five is like the normal for like who you think is going to be the best player yeah. do you get what I'm saying whereas like I'm sure before that it was like ah. Oh, like that, the 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 idea of in football is like oh, if you reach your peak, you might win one, two, and if you're crazy, like your R nines and stuff, you're gonna win three. Mm. But Messi had three at twenty one. Yeah, 
Like, no one could have predicted that. Like, nobody could have told you he would score 700, 800, Ronaldo 900, whatever 100 goals they've scored yet. Like, it hadn't been seen before. Like, in terms of, in just one era, two players doing the madness. So, I think, in, in Balot, when you, to bring it back to what you were saying about Lewandowski and Balotelli, is, it, it's tough, in it? Because, I think generation, especially another thing with generational thing, talent, is based on media coverage and analytics and, and, and what people actually see. So when you think about when Balotelli was coming through, he's coming through at Inter Milan, you mm. know, perennial team. He's playing Champions League at 18, 17. He's winning a treble by 21. You know what I mean? He's. He, I think the first time people really would have took notice of Balotelli was uh, at Old Trafford against Man United. I believe they played him in 2009, I want to say, or 2008. No, it's 2009. Yeah. So he, he already caught the world view. Whereas if it's also 2010, 2009, 10, 11, before social media has really taken off in the way it has, and he's playing in Poland, unless you're like deep in knowledge of what's going on, you might not see it. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why nowadays it's a lot easier to scope who could be and who couldn't be because you have access to almost every player in the world. Back then, he was very closed off. You know what I mean? You, we didn't have the resources that we have now. So when we compare those two, I think it's a tough one because I think Balotelli did what he did and deserved it to be in that position. And maybe Lewandowski did in the Polish league and whatnot. But at the same time, would he have been discredited because he was in the Polish league? No idea. Because, because you never see anyone outside the top five be labelled that. Even the, these Brazilian kids that come through, like, it's always wait until they come to Europe so we can see if they're really that. The only exception to the rule is Neymar. I don't know. And Gabriel Jesus, people seem to forget Gabriel Jesus come up. Like, he was supposed to be the next Neymar. Like, he was very prepped up. 2018 World Cup, they did the whole PR thing about him. You know, Adidas doing the whole painting his face in the, favel- the favelas. Um, Palmeiras, uh, I'm not sure if they still did, but they originally wanted to retire his shirt. Like, Jesus had, there's been, there's been three footballers from Brazil in my lifetime. Um, yeah. Not in my lifetime, in the last 10, 15 years of me paying attention that I've had a certain amount of what the hell this guy could be sensational mm-hmm. the first that i can really remember is neymar the second of that was gabby goal i don't know if you remember gabby goal yeah, yeah, yeah. and then obviously gabby Jesus. gabby goal got a fat 40 million pound move to winter it didn't go well um but again he was like a goal scoring machine at 19 so um and he said the same thing but you're right in in regards to the proximity bias of europe but um the reason why I just I just really wanted to to keep it like I wanted to keep it on the basis of, of Balotelli is that mm-hmm. I want to make sure that people the, the people that are listening understand what I'm trying to say in regards to yeah you look at it so um I don't want to discard I don't want it to be just a footballers at the end of their careers or because their careers have gone well I want it to be also inclusion including footballers that had incredible peaks incredible two, three, four year seasons where they actually showed the best of their ability and maybe curtailed off a little bit later. So, But isn't, 
what isn't with that like I don't know how to put it. It is so you're saying if they have that couple years, three years, like say like they was on top of the world, yeah, like during that period, mm. you want to put them in that bracket. No, because how good's a how good's a footballer? How good is a footballer? Is it because of what they portray at the best of their ability, or because they've had a long career where they've been just at the top for a long career? So is Balotelli That's... is Balotelli a better footballer than Lewandowski? Yes or no? Is it yes because what we saw in twenty ten is something we've never seen before from a nineteen year old? Or is it no because Lewandowski is a 34 playing for Barcelona still while Balotelli's in Turkey? That's that's the question I'm asking here. But if it's about what makes a good player, has that also changed though? Because, right, once we saw those two aliens play at the peak of their powers for near enough, just people say 15 years, right? I think they're like over-exaggerating. Let's say 10 years, right, of just madness, right? Mm. Longevity got brought into how highly rated you are as a player, didn't it? Because that's when when people would say, oh, R9 is the greatest player of all time, but he had knee injuries, so his peak was cut short. Well, they'll say, well, longevity matters. Like, if you've done it, if you've done a madness over a longer period, then you're greater. Um, in, your, in your answer, it's not a fair comparison, though, because how do you wait... Um, like a 19 year old scoring, I don't know, 15 goals or 10 goals or whatever it is, right? And performing really well to a man that scored has scored 50 goals at the peak of his power. Okay, now I get like me. that's yeah, it, it, it's a tough one because now we're saying we're not, we're not, uh, as we say in the pod, I might as well use it now. Progression of football not linear, so we, we're not looking at it linearly and we're saying, okay, cool. Your best versus your best. Let's put them next to each other. But if we're being real, Balotelli's best doesn't come anywhere near to Lewandowski's best. But then you can't then then how, and it's not fair to Balotelli because we're not. How can we compare a nineteen-year-old to a twenty-eight-year-old, twenty-nine, thirty-year-old um, in terms of achievement? Because a lot of things come into that. Where it's like um, maturity. Yeah, um, then, game experience, all those things. Then you can look at a 22 year old Mbappe and compare him to 34 year old Lewandowski. And even though a 22 year old Mbappe is, would you say he's better? He's not had the same, you know, experience and stuff like that. So I think what else yeah. can I compare it in terms of generational abilities, whether or not, like, let's look at someone that, look at Trent, for example, right? Alexander Arnold. He's 22, 23, right? Yeah. And he gets called generational footballer even though mm-hmm. it's the first third of his career. So this is what I'm trying to say. And the reason why people say this is because they've seen Trent. Trent could fall off a cliff now and people will still remember him as an old, not necessarily, well, maybe an all-timer. Why? But it's the first time we've seen a right-back do what he's doing up outside of, well, for me, outside of Michael and Danny Alves. But um, that's the whole reason why I want to bring someone, I know it's just Balotelli, but there's a reason why, because what we saw 19-year-old Balotelli do in regards to his raw talent is something we have never seen before. In a, in a teenager. And I'm not trying to say, like, other people want to sit there and say, oh, there's been a lot of teenagers that have actually been good in IE Messi and that. But nah, 
the power that Balotelli had, the technical <laughs> ability and the skill that he had for a six foot two striker is something that we've not seen in a in, in, I've not seen personally in a footballer. So that's what I'm trying to say. Are we looking at literally a footballer at the absolute best? Or are we looking at a footballer's whole career? Yeah, but then this is the thing where you okay, let's say uh, let me use Trent first, right, for example. If Trent tomorrow suffers, or God forbid, because I don't wish bad on anyone, but if he suffers a career-ending injury tomorrow, right, mm. or severe, not even career-ending, let's just say it severely hampers his ability to play the way he played before, like prior to being injured, right, and he trods along in his career and he gets opportunity after opportunity because he is Trent and they're trying to get him back to his best. And by 29, he's playing in the MLS, right? No disrespect to the MLS, but let's just say the MLS where they say careers go to die. Trent will not be viewed as an old-timer because he played till 22. He will be seen as either the streets will never forget, which is a new category, or um, a, a promising career that was cut short. Nah, streets will never forget is a bit different. Streets, to me, that will never forget is like a footballer that played for a lesser team that stood out. That's why you always get the famous adulterat what he did in the championship was insane. He was doing travellers and nutmegs and flip-flaps and leaving leaving defenders look absolutely stupid. And you have Morton Gap Pedersen, who was like David Silver-esque for Blackburn. I think that's what streets will never forget for Blueridge. Players that are a little bit on the lesser side, playing for lesser teams, sorry, that didn't get the recognition that they got. I think that's what streets never forget player is. I think for me, it's just in order to give our list, because the names I have on my list, people are going to be like, why are they in there? I just wanted to make it clear in regards to what we're trying to do with our list. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's get started anyway. Let's get started. I want I want to hear the five, if three or five, depending on how many you want to use. Uh, what generational footballers have you got or you think are generational? For me, um, I have to start with... Uh, am I going by my definition, right? Or can I just pick any? Or should I just pick oh, any? You can, buy your, uh, we're going to do your definition of generational. And we're going to do my definition of generational. And the listeners can basically just decide which who they side with, if that makes sense. Or which makes more sense to them. Um. Okay. Right. Let me get my list up. So, it's going to sound mad. But I'm going to go with it. Mm. So, for my... This is why I said it could be a group in it. And I'll probably just stick to one age group just so we can keep it um, quite narrow in it. Mm. Uh, for my 85s to 90s, because they're probably still active players or coming to the end, uh, my generational players are um, Busquets is one. Yep. Highly Neuer, is another, Neuer is another one. Highly agree. Um, I've got Messi. Yep. And I've got if um if it's talent, I'm not including Ronaldo. If it's generational player, I'm putting Ronaldo in because it's it, the, the other three are solidified of uh, each sense of the word. Like from the moment they came out the gate and people realized who they were, mm. that was it, and they ended up reaching that. Um, and yeah, that's that's. I'm gonna stick to that one because I think it's that's a good group. Uh, if you come back with another if you come back with an, another list I might give you my 90s to 95 but um, 
I think I've come with a good list. But I'd like to hear, because I think your generation, your one's so different that I want to see if I agree with it and see if I could argue it for players that fit in that category as well. But we'll get... Now, let me hear yours. I want to hear yours. So, so those three, uh, I agree with in regards to Neuer. Um, first goalkeeper, like sweeper keeper that we saw. The, ba- the first goalkeeper that we actually saw guard his goal to a high level, but also play like a midfielder to a high level. Like that guy just so comfortable on the football, on the ball. Like, uh, and he, he he blows people's minds because his stature and his build shows that he shouldn't be, but he's literally like, he's like, he's, his acrobatics are insane in terms of how quickly he can get low and stuff. So, um, Neuer, and I think well, he, sorry, go on. I was going to say, I think he's one of those. I think Neuer, and obviously you said Busquets already, anyway, but Neuer especially fits both our um, understandings of what generational yeah. is because you said someone that changed the game, mm. and keepers haven't been the same since he popped up in, in the scene. Yeah. And obviously, he fits in that age category and going on to great things. So, it's a good middle point. Yeah. Um, another one that I highly agree with that you said is Busquets. We really, we really spoke about that. So we believe that as well. Um, and I've already forgotten the third one you said. Could you remind me who the third one was again? Messi. Messi. Ah, Messi. Messi again in terms of like Messi less of my reasoning, but also, um, you know what? Messi, yeah, because Messi started scoring 50, 60 goals a season and skewed. Uh, what numbers were deemed susceptible. I remember when wingers were scoring 12, 15 goals in the Premier League and that was seen as an achievement. I was like, oh my God, what a great season you've had. Like, Nicholas Anelka won the 2009 Golden Boot with 19 goals and everyone was like, what an amazing season. Dimitar Bobatov the next year won it with 22 and then Messi comes around. I think Messi was around at those times, but like, what Messi has now done and, and what Ronaldo has obviously helped him do is he's scoring 50 and 60 and everyone's just like, oh, it's the norm. To the point where 37-year-old Ronaldo has scored 18 goals. And everyone's just like, meh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think, again, it, it, we both we can both agree with our arguments. But the, the three names I want to add to those as well in terms of my list. Um, for me, number one, um, just because, okay, there's, sim- there's small similarities in regards to how they play football. But ideally, I've never seen a striker like him in my life. Um, when he played in the Premier League, he used to scare me half to death. And that's Luis Suarez. Like, <laughs> talk to me, Luis Suarez, bro. Like, okay. He, See, this that, is why. Do you know why? Do you want know let me? Do you know why I, I can? I think Luis Suarez. Um, you've got him, bro. He's just, he's, he's just a complete striker. All right. He could hold up the line by himself, he could play on the shoulder of the defender and get in behind. Um, he can come deep and he can play make as well. Um, he was originally signed to be part of a big and small partnership with Andy Carroll. And I think for the first six months, we'll have tried to make that work. Um, that's his way his basic position was. He was drifting in, moving into the channels, coming deep and collecting the ball and being part of the build-up. Um, and he obviously we've seen over the years, he's got a great eye for the pass as well. So not only can he play make, um, not only can he flip and dribble, like the guy can not make a lamppost. We've seen it. He he, he was getting past plays with ease half the time, especially uh, in those last two seasons with Liverpool. Um, exceptional finisher with a wide range of finishes, left foot, right foot, header, can take corners and set, not corners, take free kicks as well to a great level. I don't think there was generally any weakness in his game. And I'm not going to include pace because who actually cares whether a footballer is fast or not? Oh, no, no, no. 
in regards to in regards to him uh and my history watching the Premier League, I don't think there's a striker that comes near him in regards to how similar he is. So and for me as well, personally, uh Suarez kinda not personally, I kind of think even though Messi was playing fast at Barcelona, I kind of think Suarez has warped my personal vision in what I would want in a striker. Um, back in the day in the Premier League, you kind of got big nines that you that are all of a six foot tall, um, could win the head, win the headers, hold the play up, as well as you know poach and score and and be generally just physical threats. So Didier Drogba, the types of Didier Drogba, they were like I would say they were the they were the ideal strikers. Do you know what I'm saying? Just honestly, have a look back to the the, the strikers that. Premier League football teams were playing with back in the day. Chelsea were playing with Drugby United, were playing with, with Berbatov. Um, Tottenham <laughs> were playing with like Freddie Canute and then they moved forward with uh, Berbatov as well. When when Robbie, Robbie Keane would play off of Berbatov, wasn't it? And then when he left, they had Roman Pavlichenko, who was kind of the same ilk. Um, Man City signed Adebayor from Arsenal, who Arsenal also playing with Adebayor, do you know what I mean? So Henri before that. That was the type of ilk, and you get this guy who's a little bit smaller, a little bit shorter, not much on the physical side, even though he could give you a physical battle, and yeah. he's blown everyone to pieces in regards to what he looked for. And now that mobile nine, I think more teams around the world look for it. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, City loved Aguero. Aguero's come in, and he did his thing. But I think that mobile nine that can play and move into channels as well as contribute to the attack is something that's more appreciated by managers. Um but anyway, even if even if it doesn't align with my points, I think just because how good flipping good he was for that 13, 14 season alone, um, I, I'm I'm including Suarez. And my second, yeah. sorry, one. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, I, I hear it. I do hear it. I do hear it. Okay. So okay, let me. Can I flip it this way? Yeah. Say if I put. Let's talk about, like, let, let's say if I'm going from, like, I'm going to keep this short in terms of, like, 90 to 95, yeah. Mm. So, say my definition, right, I'm putting a, a few guys. If I put Neymar in that list, can I put Hazard in that list? And I'll use that to say, because in my definition, um, he's in the same, like, bracket as... Um, Messi, Busquets, and Neuer. Does he fit? I hear, I hear, I hear. Hazard. That's what I, I want to hear. Hazard, but then I think Hazard becomes a slippery slope because, although he was clearly a, a fantastic footballer, when you start naming players like Hazard, then it kind of brings the question uh, to players not kind of his ilk. Um, or just genuine players that are doing what he was doing at the same time. Arsenal fans will turn around and tell you what about Alexis Sanchez. Bayern Munich fans will turn around and tell you what about Arjen Robin. And then Vazard is kind of the same breed as, as Ribery. Do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, it becomes less ordinary in terms of his talent pool and what his contributions were and who he actually was as a footballer, if that makes sense. Um, so, I personally don't think there's any actual reasoning to include Hazard. In my opinion, he just wasn't. He was just the supreme footballer. I don't think necessarily he was generational. If you, if you say mm. Hazard, because if I sit there and said to you, he was the best, he was better, Hazard or Ribery, it wouldn't be, we're going to be here like, mm. and then you... Yeah, but there's a reason I, did, I didn't mention Ribery and I'm so happy 
as shows 85 to 90 because I was looking actually beforehand and I was like, he was actually born in 83. So I don't actually have to put him <laughs> in the same generation as Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's true. It's like, I guess Suarez is like Suarez and like Modric, for example, right? They're two people that like throw me off in terms of um, how to view them because they are like generational level players. I guess, no, Modric is like the, at his peak, he's crazy in it. But then when I, I guess that's the problem with viewing it the way I view it because I have to look at who's in that bracket. And when I look at who's in that bracket, it makes me overlook people that would warp anyone in other brackets. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, so it's, yeah, no, Suarez, I don't have qualms with that because you have to make it work for someone that good. You have to. Um, yeah, no, that was, yeah. I, I don't mind that. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Sorry for the listeners that keep me. I'm genuinely like fulfilled at the moment. I'm just trying to work out. No, but it's mind bending. It is mind bending. Yeah, like, I think like you said, like those two aliens. Yeah, they've absolutely changed how we view football in it. Like even subconsciously. So like now, what they do is mad. But if a striker scoring 40, 50 goals, it's like calm. Right, score for 40, 50 goals, but. When you broke it down and said Suarez wasn't just scoring 40, 50 goals and he was doing it whilst essentially being a second option and playmaking and doing everything else plus scoring, I, I can't argue it. I can't argue it at all. No, I'll give you that. That's great. I'll give you that. That's a great Thank shot. You. Thank you. appreciate it. <laughs> uh, my second one... This one kind of hurts my feelings, right? Because yes. if you ask me, and viewers, I want to apologize for Kong, uh, for Karel's Congolese parents in the back. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, all right, you, you're gonna have to. You got Danny Alves, right? Right. What Danny Alves became and what he did at Barcelona. Yes, it's a yes. It's a yes. It is a yes. It's a yes already. I kind of also feel hard done by because you got you got Mike on, right? No, this is no. the reason why. No, listen. This is the reason why I I was making it so prevalent. The point before about are we going to talk about players' peaks and what they did, or we're going to talk about the longevity of their careers, because whilst Danny Alves is, yeah, he's probably the best right back of all time. I'm not going to sit there and say Carlos Alberto. I mean, I was minus what 52 when he was playing. So like, what? Nobody. A lot of people don't remember Mike for what he did. Everyone just remembers, you know, the Fugazi or Gareth Bell ran past him. Where you actually watch the highlights, um, in the four three. No, but you're looking at the wrong game because it's the it's the it's the White Hart Lane game. Oh, the White Hart Lane game where he did. had already won the group and nobody cared. But what I'm just saying, is, yeah, but he still cooked him on that day, bro. Yeah, but I'm talking, <laughs> right. Listen, no, but I'm not saying Mike it for that reason. Mike on 2008 to Mike uh, 2010. In, oh, you know what? No, I want to put my heart on the line. Yeah, controversial hot take. Yeah, best right back I've ever seen. No, but this is why, like, 
the if you don't know about Michael in 08-10, yeah, in that two-year period with, with Jose Mourinho, the real reason why I got into Inter in the first place, YouTube doesn't do it justice, but watch the link. Oh, my God. He was he was something else. Like, there's a reason why Michael started the 2010 World Cup and not Danny Alves. There's a reason why Danny Alves wasn't getting a sniff into the Brazil national team when Michael was at the peak of his powers because, boy, boy, I'm telling you, Micron right back was blowing my mind off. Blown some of the stuff that he did. He was like, he was a right back that would play up front. <laughs> no, but the, the in terms of attacking fullback, he's the first one that I've actually seen where the opposition would incorporate him in their plans to defend. And that's why he's just Micron, yeah. Yeah, that's why I want that's why I have and want to include him. But this is the thing though, like. It, it, I hear what you're saying. The two-year period was mad, yeah. Yeah. But look at everyone. We this is where this is where the flaw is, right? In your thing, right. in your specification. Look at every name that we've agreed on before this year. Mycon, like I know longevity is not everything, but you could take his two-year spell, and I think. Daniel Alves has two year spells all over the gaff that can can talk to it in the sense of his time in his first stint at Barcelona anyway. I think that, that where we have to look at it and say is like did you have a really good peak and you were a great player for a time or were you genuinely like a world class player? No, he was because it wasn't only at Inter; it was at Brazil as well. Like his twenty ten World Cup was really good, but man. that's still in that two year period, bro. That's what I'm trying to say. No, I just because that's that's what was like his peak I, was phenomenal. I, I know you like, like him. Too, no, it's I not like it's not about it's not about whether I like him. It's is we can't just ignore a period of a footballer's career and how the heights he reached just because another footballer who arguably reached this. No, I don't think, I personally don't think Danny Elvers reached the same. I think Danny Elvers was a little bit less in regards, not by far. I don't say by far at all, but a, a little bit less just over a longer period of time. And in other people's ears and eyes, that is better, right? Because obviously longevity matters and all that stuff. But for me, it's it's, it's disheartening because you cannot ignore that period. It's like if I said to you, Wesley Schneider, right? Wesley Schneider from 2009 to 2011. Two, sorry, 2008 to 2011, including the Euro 2008, right? Can I sit there and say, if I said to does Wesley Snyder deserve a, what, a Ballon d'Or? Some people will say yes. But then, why does he not come up in great, com- like one of the greatest conversations? Oh, because he played the Galatasaray at age 29. So it's like... It's no, like- but it's not... But I don't think it's just based on that, per se. It's the same reason, like, you talk about greatest wingers, like... Ribery doesn't come up, but Ribery had like what seven years of like doing works, and then when he peaked, his yeah. peak was third best player in the world, as voted by on the Ballon d'Or, for example. Right? Mm. There, are, there's a very clear difference between like great players who, um, or like very talented players that didn't or ultimately didn't do enough to be remembered in the sense of the greatest conversation but would be looked fondly on when you say oh remember this player 
And then there's players that you can't write the history of football without these names, sort of. Mm. In 10, 20, 30 years' time, people are going to be talking about Neuer the same way people are still talking about like Gordon Banks or they're talking about um, Casillas or Buffon or um, oh, I forget the uh, there's old keepers that were called like Busquets is on the set Busquets like you've even got guys that look at someone like um, Lothar Mateus right Mm. he's got a Ballon d'Or nobody speaks about him now when you talk about midfielders Pavel Nedved. Nedved. He has a bad door. No one speaks about Shevchenko. No one speaks about him. But if you bring up their name, they're going to say, wow, he was actually a bad boy, you know. Or this guy was actually cold. But you have to think generational is... And I use it for the... This is... Um, I took that thinking when... Um, like, I watch American sports a lot and they debate, like, who should be in Hall of Fame, in it? And one of the criteria is, like, you have to have amazing achievement or what they view it so this player has to have an amazing achievement or you cannot write the story of this sport without this person in the sense that says like when you said at the beginning they've changed the game or they're a pirate like they they they, they so whatever their role became so integral it's it's mad like that's that 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 weighs into my argument because when Jose is set up right, he set up a four two three one, and Mikan was so devastating going forward as a fullback that he played Javier Zanetti on the right on the on the right hand side of the pivot so that Zanetti would would basically fill in as an auxiliary right back while Mikan took like bombarded forward. Mikan was so devastating and dangerous as a fullback that the opposition used to incorporate them, incorporate him in terms of how they were set up as a defensive unit to try and minimize his impact. Also on the yeah, left, no, but... also on the left hand side, Christian Kivu, who was normally the, the first choice left back, um, he was also kind of like limit. He was basically, Marina basically told him, "You yeah, like you're not going nowhere." If you go forward, if you go past the halfway line, yeah, or into the final third, remember who's on the opposite flank. You need to tuck in. And it kind of became like a a sharp 4-4-2 with Maicon, even though he's playing as a right back, was basically the forward, the most forward winger. And no, this no, no. did allow Asami Eto, who was playing on the right hand side, because Eto played on the right, Eto would come inside, drift inside, and basically free up space for himself. And that's where Melito scored a lot of his goals. So to me, that's the first time in my lifetime, remember, because when I was younger, I was Premier League biased. So maybe it doesn't, it's not great. But like I used to obviously watch the big teams in the Champions League. But for the most part, my only my sample size in comparison was maybe Glenn Johnson, Gary Neville. Um, who else is in the Premier League back then? Bakri Sanyo or Lauren before him or, or Ebue before. And then man, we're not doing this. And it wasn't until Mycon's come down where David Silva's uptake come up kind of coincided. Mycon's come down coincided with, with Daniel Alves' his come up. And even then, I, was, I wasn't seeing, even though Alves was brilliant, don't get me wrong, guys, I'm not saying he wasn't, he was sensational. In terms of what Mycon was doing, it wasn't to the same extent of, of yeah, uh, but- Alves because Mycon, even though as a right back, he was basically like an extra striker. Whereas Alves was an extra creator from from right back, that makes sense. So there were well, different type of footballers. Yeah, my my thing is with that though is that what you're saying to me is 
it's going to sound like a very Marino-esque thing to say, yeah, but it sounds like the the creation and destruction of Mycon was was Jose Marino. Like, you're talking about... Because what you said, everything you said to me has nothing to do with how Mycon actually played football rather than how he was deployed through Mourinho's system. No, whereas, no, no. I'm, whereas, saying, I'm saying he was that good going forward. No, no, he was a no, system around him. That's what I'm trying to say. But this one, but that's what my thing is, yeah. And I, I hear what you're saying, but if that had like, don't get it twisted. I don't think he fell off the cliff physically, from what I know. I didn't. I don't know if he had any devastating injuries. I don't want to speak on that without knowing. But if post Mourinho, let's say past 2010, right after the trebles won and he's gone to Real Madrid, right, his career essentially just dissipates. Like, he went from the best right back in the world to, like, bro, I remember Mike when he used to be quick on FIFA. Like, that's what the, the people no, used to like. No, it didn't like. happen like that. He, no. It didn't happen like that. I think in hindsight, it looks that way, but he... Okay, from the... 2010-11 with Benitez was, he was still trying to do his thing, but, like, he was 31. And yeah, I think, by... And hold on, hold on, let me, let me go, clear. And he had a calf injury that kind of slowed him, that slowed him down that season. And then after that, he joined City in a free transfer, played the whole year of 2012-13. And then from the, after City, he went back to Brazil. So he was out of sight, out of mind. So yeah, in terms of like him being the best right back in the world to him then being a good right back and just not at the level he was in a couple of years ago, I understand it. But that's football. Football's weird. But he didn't necessarily fall off a cliff. I think that's kind of harsh. And and the thing, also the other thing that I remember is, yeah, He's he's also caught between arguably two of the best right backs of all time. Philip Lam, do you mean the other one? Yeah, <laughs> he's another one. But now I'm saying that like, you got Cafu, you've got Cafu oh. before him, and you've got right. I guess Alves after him, innit? Mm. So you've got three guys that are all attacking fullbacks, all played in slightly different ways, right? But and no disrespect, no like harm or foul or whatever but at their peaks he's the worst one. Oh, I'm not having that I'm not having he's that. not listen we're not getting into another debate bro <laughs> he's not better than either of the other two bro and so, I rate my if you're saying so if you're saying, as, if you're saying as a footballer then no yeah then he's the worst out of the three if we are talking about their peaks in terms of his like what he did at the best of his ability what Kaku did, what, the what best did he do? And what Danny Alves did, the best of it. I think, I think, I personally think, no, you, you had to have been there. You just had to have. Oh, no, there. I was there. <laughs> the listeners weren't there. Remember, you're not fighting your case to me. You're fighting your case to the people as well that are listening, because they're gonna look at you and go, "Bruh, Tony's fighting hard for this guy, yeah." But he's just he's saying stuff, but he's not saying anything. What <laughs> out of those three? Right, what makes him in fact? I'm not even gonna say where uh, let's put it this way rank the free in what way, bro. I even said at their peaks, he's the worst one. So no, I said at their peaks, he's nowhere near the worst one. I think at their peaks, he's the best one out but, of Daniel Vez, Kafu, and Michael. He's the best one of the three in, in terms of what he did in 08 10 as a performance based value. I think his 08 10. Is strongest. That's what I'm saying. They that's might kill what, you for this one. That's what Pete. I don't mind. I'm, I, listen, I'm. I'm. What's his name? I'm John Snow. My blade versus everyone. I don't care. I can do it myself. But in terms of performance based value of what Mycon did in nine in oh eight oh eight nine and nine ten, 
I will hands down say it's the best I've seen from a right back in my entire life. This guy was, oh, man. he was, he was devastating. Like, nah, guys don't, in terms of, listen, uh, I'll even, you know, when we do promo for this one, I'll even put link, I'll even put videos up. Uh, of oh, I've seen, no, but the thing is, you're the goal threat from 40 yards. He was, he, he, was, he was taking, he was taking the whole, his guy was playing by himself on a wing, right? And he was taking on the, the his, 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 cool. Wing. He played wing, he was taking on his marker, wing back. And he was taking his left back. No, he so, was playing right back. He was playing no, right back. What I'm saying, but yeah, but when you're saying the what, in terms Tony. of what he was basically, he was basically a right midfielder and a right back in one person by himself. Tony, on Tony, the whole Tony. wing by himself. Tony, yeah. that's called a wing back. That's basically what they do. No, like it's not. It's right. not some new. It's not. It's not some new phenom- phenomenon that no, is a, a right no, back. It's not Satan because no, because you're look like you can say with Trent, right? Does Trent take the whole? Does Trent, in terms of him, does he command his wing by himself? Well, in an attacking sense, it, yeah. If you want, yeah. Uh, no, because apparently no, I've seen heat maps and Salah players on the right. Oh, so now think now think of footballers, think of fullbacks if you want, right? That legit locked down the the, the wing by themselves. They didn't need, even though like technically on a formation spreadsheet, you're looking. Okay, he's playing right back and he has a right midfielder in front of him. In a full ninety, yeah, his presence alone allowed his winger to drift inside and not have to worry about being being uh, drifting wide. And taking a marker off so his fullback can overlap. No, nah, he didn't need that. No, but then Trent. But, then if you, but from that aspect, then Trent and does that because what fullback. What fullback gets on the football gets runs up, just goes for a little run, gets the ball at his feet, and the opposition manager is now telling people to double up. Like this is what my Reece James. <laughs> yeah, Reece James lost his. This is what I'm saying. That like, is not not like this is the thing when you actually look like. I get what you're saying. Like he was a, no, like he was a good footballer. But you're, you're not quitting. You're not quitting. You're not quitting the the quality that came with it. Like I'm like, not quitting the quality. To me, to, to say, to say a man is generational. The reason why I'm holding on to this so much is because, like Carell, I've never seen a fullback with fear factor. He was the first one that I saw where he got yeah, but that's due to the tactics that were deployed, bro. Like, no, it's not. That's yes, because it is. How after the because after the fact here of when he okay before that in his career because you keep saying 08 to 010 who was manager of Inter Milan during that time Mourinho Michael was Inter before Mourinho bro the point is you're saying 08 to 10 is when you saw this happening bro if you want to tell me in 2006 that during that season he was locking down the whole of Inter Milan's wing by himself you can tell me that. But I'm saying, you're speaking specifically about when Mourinho was there and how he set up the team and he had to run the wing because he was that good. I get it. No, I'm, I'm not giving a man generational. No, no, that's not fair because I'm not saying that because Jose did it. I'm saying that because that's when I tuned in. Like, Michael was a, was, was a right back and in an in Inter Milan mainstay before Jose came in. He joined Inter Milan in 2006. He was a Brazil international um when Cafu retired from international duty after 2006 World Cup, who was the right back filling for him? Maicon. Maicon took his place from there. And then you get him, basically, 2006-07, that's when he kind of was was showing world-class abilities in regards to his play. And then you have a footballer who's already one of the best in his position in the world, a manager that takes over and then takes him from maybe top three to, in my opinion, clear. 
That's all that happened here. And the reason why I can only base it 08 to 10 is because even though I knew about Michael before then, my sample size and what I saw was those two seasons of football. Yeah, but, I, I, but then I could flip it and say, bro, I saw Daniel was doing madness from Sevilla, bro. And I'm not even saying that just to be con- contradictory, bro. Like, we saw Sevilla. I watched I watched um, UEFA Cup at the time. I seen what he was doing for Sevilla. And Do you so know what I mean? He wasn't doing what Michael's doing. The only football that no, I could... but this is what I'm saying. It's subjective, though, because you want to say it because a man had fear factor and people... Defended when he got football. Well, Dan Evans was a supreme footballer. This podcast, you told me at the start of the podcast that you understood where I'm coming from in, in regards to how I see generational, right? And I've just told you the first time that I actually, me as a football fan, actually saw this in regards to, uh, uh you have a footballer that's so good at his trait that the manager has using it now as a weapon to formulate his attacks. Okay, we're gonna have in there, and then he because he became a genuine menace. I, and and created a fear factor compared to his opposition. Opposition teams were doubling up and incorporating him into plans to, to to nullify the attack. That wasn't around in football in two thousand eight. So in my in my perspective, in terms of generational, Kafu, not Kafu, Mycon has ideally changed my vision and my view, or or footballer's view of an attacking fullback, because he wasn't what he was doing was the first. Of so his- are you? But it's not true, though. But he wasn't the first attacking fault. That's what I'm trying to say. No, but he's... Oh, I'm trying... I've even said it to you. Right, remember, remember what I said about... No, but you, you're forgetting. You're saying I said at the start of the thing. At the start, when you said Busquets, I said there's a difference between a pioneer and generational because of what you did in that position. I said he's not... I said Busquets is not the first to be in that position. But he's undeniably the best to be in that position or maybe even top I might have even said top 5 top 3 to 5 or whatever it was yeah bro when we talk about forget attack football, just, even fullbacks bro generational whether it's age or anything, him and Danny Alves are the same age right and I promise you now as good as my, Michael was Michael the only one is 3 years older than Danny Alves mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter anyway go on Michael's 41 Danny Alves is 38 isn't it but it doesn't matter. Oh, okay, so they're born two years apart. Either way, right, they're still in the same class. Like, when Michael was ahead of him for Brazil, he was only, like, a couple of years younger than him, isn't it? So it's not, we're not talking about a 30-year-old versus a 20-year-old. We're talking about guys that were there or thereabouts in the same years, right? As good as Michael was, and this is why I don't want to feel like I'm disrespecting him, bro, but I'm just saying, especially you, who's so strict with who you put in this list, You've got guys like Lau. Oh, first of all, I haven't put I haven't put Mike on the list. I'm saying Danny Alves is in the list, but I'm saying it's hard not to ignore Mike on. Just no, it's easy to him. ignore him, man. It's no, easy, to... bro. The standard you see the standard of football is so high now, yeah, or so uh-huh. high in general, bro. Like in terms of what it takes to even get put. Imagine people arguing about world class, bro, and you're the first one to come and tell people. Do you know how small that group is? All right, cool. So imagine cool. generational, generational. I think it's even smaller than world class, bro. I hear it, but now if we're just if we're saying it's easy to ignore Micron, we're gonna look at it, someone that um kind of had the same skill set, but a little bit more to the extreme in terms of Roberto Carlos. What is Roberto Carlos done in all this? Is he generational? Is he world class? What is this? Who? With Roberto Carlos. What about him? I mean, in a sense, like, bro, uh, uh, I'll keep it a buck, bro. But at the time I was aware of my man, he was, I think he was on the way down, bro. 
I'll be real. Like, <laughs> in the sense of, weirdly enough, yeah, I never cared about Roberto Carlos, bro. As much as people, like, would tell me he was sick, and I've watched highlights of him, bro, I never cared about him. No, like, it, even it, when I watched Real Madrid, I never, like, <sighs> people always say, like, he's the, he's, I think people give him the gold status because he played in that Brazil team, but for me, he's not. No, it's because he had a gimmick. He had a gimmick. He had the thunder thighs and he could shoot a ball at 100 miles an hour. He had a gimmick. That's why people up there. There's certain, certain football, like, like Juninho, Juninho from Lyon, like, because yeah. he was a power striker. Do you hear me? So, bro, I don't know, man. You've hurt my feelings on this one, but... I, I didn't mean to. It was just mm. like... I think I need to snap you out of like because Tony, I, I said this to people all the time, but so when Tony likes a player, yeah, it's not about liking a player, man. It is. It is about obviously if you don't like the player, you're not gonna put them in your list, are you? It's not about liking a player. It's it's, it's like because if I tell you the truth, right? It's Louis. I should. Do I like Luis Suarez? I'm impartial, but do I, I appreciate his brilliance? Yes. It's not. I like a footballer because of what I see. I I really really appreciate greatness. Do you know what I mean? So, like, this yeah, is why... Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, like, what it's a thing of, like, I think greatness... Like, people can have moments of greatness, innit? But you can, like, at this rate and the kind of people we're putting in our lists and and whatnot, is you're, you're going to struggle to get in with two, three seasons. Like... And I'm saying that's why it's Schneider, why, Schneider, Schneider. Because Schneider. why is it like a, what, if, what if a footballer has the most? Um, what if a footballer in two years' time has a Messi esque year, scores ninety two goals in a calendar year, right? And then yeah. the next year he scores fifty two goals in a calendar year, right? Year after that, he continue. He goes back to to earth levels. Nearly gets eighteen a season, eighteen a season, eighteen a season. Is out now. This footballer is he just? Is he just? Oh, he's not. Ignore him. Do we have to ignore those two years of unbelievable football? Okay, okay, right. Based on that, right? Right. So Suarez, you're based off from Liverpool. I'm, I'm sure you've even thrown it straight into Barcelona as well. So, you know what? My, my Suarez argument isn't even on Barcelona. We've all seen him at Barcelona, but for me, like Suarez, yeah, here's this, here's this, right? This is another situation. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Let Let me, I said that peak to me isn't a footballer at 28 to 31. It's about a footballer at the top, top, top of his ability. I still think, I think Suarez's peak was Liverpool. Okay, but then if I turn around and said, scrap Suarez out of your list, put Falcao in. Yo, I hear it. Because how am I supposed to ignore Falcao's years at Atletico and, and Porto? But this is, but this is, but this is what I'm saying, right? But I think like, he's racial. No, do I think he's he's only because in terms of Falcao and Falcao is, is lesser than Suarez, but in terms I, of what? In terms of a footballer. Okay, but then this is not what I'm because, saying. because this, this ruins this. It doesn't but ruin this, it because if I no, but this let me compare Falcao's Atletico Madrid and FC Porto's two years. And compare it to Luis Suarez, it still falls short to Suarez as Liverpool. No, That's because I can comfortably say Suarez is a better striker. No, but the difference is, yeah, the difference is, you see, when you were talking about Michael, yeah, you were talking about, uh, yeah, as a footballer, Daniel Alves is better. But what Michael, da, 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 right? I'm not trying to discredit what you said, but obviously you went into what you were saying. Like, with Falcao, right? I think I can confidently say he's the best finisher of his generation, bro. Finisher, 
Number nine finisher. It doesn't matter if it's heading, left foot, right foot. No one is chatting to him. Not even Suarez. Suarez goals for his finishing is mad. But I think Falcao had every single finish locked off. And it didn't matter what distance, what scrappy, like it was a scrappy tapping or whatever. You just goal scorer. And he was a good footballer too. Like people forget he could actually play ball. But mm. the difference with Suarez is, yeah, and I'm not even, it's not even a trophy thing. It's not anything because even Falcao's like performances for Atletico and some of the stuff, he, like winning Copa del Rey and stuff, that's massive because with them, even Suarez's win with Atletico and La Liga, Forget what he did at Barca, massive for them. You go, but it. The reason I can't put Falcao in there is that when I compare him to Suarez, Suarez has, whether as a footballer or just like how devastating he actually was at the top of his game and how long he was devastating for. Like I have to compare that at some point yeah. because when I'm making a list. I, I can't have an infinite list of generational players because if we keep going for everyone that's had two years, three years, no, it's not. Will, no, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying like that, but I'm saying if we take every player at their best, right? You can pick any any players at their best. The list could be very, very long. How many players do you because we're still talking about players within this generation that's still some of the most of them still active players? I'm not now. just saying any footballer that had two great years. I'm talking no. about stacking a footballer. The, the best for like but I'm saying Tony you said to me taking a player at their best right so at least what I'm saying like if I said to you this whole thing about the Falcao thing if I could compare Liverpool's Suarez and Liverpool two years and then Falcao's either what his final season at Porto and his first season at Flecko Madrid and then put them net side to side and said which one was better I would still say Suarez's Liverpool years was better do you know what I'm saying therefore yeah. that's why I can comfortably still agree and still say that Luis Suarez is better than Falcao. But when I sit there and I look at, like, who did I see that had a performance out, like, in terms of had a, like, performed to a certain level, like this? And I'm looking at someone like Michael, and I'm like, nah, I have never seen that from a fullback in my life before. There, that's what I'm taking into consideration. Do you know what I mean? I'm not just trying to say, oh, oh, I've got to put Van Persie in there because Van Persie is 11-10 and not, whatever it is. No, 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 not 10-11. Nah, it's not like that. I'm saying in terms of... I have. But then, is it not disingenuous, right? Okay, yes. Okay, I know every list is subjective to us in it, right? In terms of what we have seen and what we haven't seen, right? We can only comment on what as I've observed. But then, it's a bit disingenuous where we do so much research and we look into players to then, okay, you have to take out the idea that when you were watching football coming up 2008, how old were you like? I don't know, like 10, 11, right? That, yeah, that was the first thing you laid eyes on, but can you not act like through research and stuff, see that it came before and it's come since and then grade it that way rather than say, do you know, like, do you know what I mean? It's like people that would say that, oh, when I saw Rooney at Euro 2004, it was the maddest tournament I've seen from a teenager, right? But then since and before that you have so many tournaments to compare it to and to stack it up and see how it holds up in the light exactly so, so then you can actually make a concise thought and report that you know uh, since I've since I've been blown away by Rooney I've now been blown away by Mbappe the 2018 World Cup I've now been blown away by Messi 
uh, in the 2011 Champions League final when he was like 22 or 21. I've now been blown away by Erling Haaland's incredible goal-scoring record as a teenager. I'm still trying to say that I still haven't seen a fullback with the magnitude and the presence and the attacking prowess and the the, the whole just... The guy wasn't... He's not... I don't think people understood what he was. Like, he wasn't even... Like, he had, a, he had assists, don't get me wrong, but he was a right-back scoring goals. And not only just goals, scoring goals that would blow you away if you saw your striker do it. And... This is what I mean by like, I've never, you've not, you haven't seen it. You, you haven't seen it with anyone. <laughs> like, like uh, everyone just made way for him. Like, oh, Michael's gone up, a right, gone up for a run on the right wing. Everyone's just like, yeah, give him a go. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and that's why I, for me, I say it's hard to ignore him because those two seasons, and you know what? I kind of feel harsh because 06-07 was actually good as well. But I, I I only remember it from highlights. I didn't actually watch it, whereas I watched him all way through for those two seasons. Yeah, but... the guy, the guy in my eyes was something else. And f- Jesus Christ, if he played in the Premier League and did that, you'll never hear the end of it. If Maicon played in the PL and performed the way he played uh, for Inter and did it at Chelsea, you would never hear the end of it. You wouldn't. He'd be a god on this planet, on 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 in these shores. And that's why I sit there and say it's hard to ignore him. That's what yeah, I think I think you make a good case for it in the sense, but like my my thing is like I guess we're getting away from the generational um, players like this talk, but I guess it's like the football has a very short memory, you know, and that's why I brought up like few players that had won Ballon d'Ors in the past in it and how they stack up to now. And I, and I kind of made that point to say winning the Ballon d'Or is not the be-all and end-all of football. Mm. The same way of, of like someone like Kaka, for example, he's won a Ballon d'Or, but now people look back on him and some guy like, you just, oh, remember how good Kaka was when people that were there at the time know how much of a bad boy he was anyway. Yeah. The same thing will probably happen to Modric. Kaka even though bad. he's probably... huh? Kaka was my favorite in that in that boys from Brazil era, bro. He was my... listen. I, I watched this video the other day that was like breaking down his career, and it was showing like some of his, like his best like performances, bro. And I forgot how good he was in that. He sem- was like, I remember the goals in the semi final, but I forgot how good he was in that semi final against United. Yeah, like he he just nah he violated. Like, and it's not even the Old Trafford one that ever remembers. It's the San Siro one where he just. Wow, <laughs> and he still has the best assist in UCL final history. There's not been a fight, there's not been an assist in UCL final that, that beat his against Liverpool in 05. That was flipping outrageous. That's, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's um, bro, like, and you have like Modric, like I said, we'll probably go down to the same, and there'll be other players that are remembered more. So, like, when you have I don't, okay, let me ask you this, for example. Like, will Van Dijk go down as one? Yeah. Okay, that, that's what I'm saying. Whereas, like, Van Dijk might be more remembered by football, maybe because of social media as well, than Cannavaro ever was. Sergio Ramos, like... It depends, which part, weird, nah, like nah, it depends which part of the world you are in. 
that's 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 because of proximity. Oh, okay, no, it, I don't if think you go, to Italy, if you go to Italy and you ask random Serie A fan, oh, who do you remember? Who's who's you remember in 10 years' time and be like, who's better, Cannavaro or Van Dyke? I'm gonna tell you, Cannavaro. Cannavaro is the only defender, like you said, the Ballon doesn't the BO and Endo, but like, bro, again, like 2006, Cannavaro performance in that World Cup in the final and the semi final against Germany. Hands down, best defensive performance I've seen in my life. <laughs> no, I, I know, man. I, and I, I'm not. You know me, man. I was. I saw it. I was there. Mm. You know what I mean. I was there, and I've re- rewatched it. And to be fair, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was reminded of it. I was, I was watching TikTok, and someone said, like, showed that semi final performance. I was just like, this guy is unreal as a defender. But when I say that, yeah, is when I, he he will be remembered. But because that was the pinnacle, and it was that World Cup. And it's almost, I feel like, by obviously, there's got no bearing on what we think about um, a player. But he could be remembered like as a tournament player. You know, like your Hamas Rodriguez, you know, them guys that had really good tournaments and it ended in the Ballon d'Or. Like, most people don't remember what he was doing at club level at the time. Whereas, because we're in this new era of everything being accessible, I think people will see everything that Van Dijk has done and is doing and go, actually, I think he was better. You know, because the people that are making the decisions in this world, they're not, or are going to be making decisions. One is age bias. Two, like you said, it could be proximity bias, but I think that applies anywhere that's outside of the country that players from. Because some people will still sit here and tell you, like, I don't know, they'll talk about Bobby Moore, they'll talk about... um, Talk about uh, John Terry, Rio Ferdinand, but there was definitely better defenders in other countries. Yeah, and the fact that when people talk about Italian defenders already, they already just talk about Maldini. They're talking about I hear Nesta's name more than I hear Cannavaro's name. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's almost disrespecting. That's why I said the Ballon d'Or is not the be all and end all because people who have won it, it, they it doesn't hold as much weight as a big body of work and that's why a lot of players have seen it like that, that have won those ones it's like a one-off when really and truly we check the tapes there's a lot there do you get what I'm saying so um, in in that sense it's I like where we've gone with it like man, because it's it's I think we've like we've explored quite a few avenues in a sense of how we can judge a player from my perspective to your perspective yep and secondly like how we bracket um, players even if we use the same metric because whereas you can isolate a certain period of someone's career and say you, you were so supreme at that level that you deserve recognition for it people more like me for example still have to look at the wider picture and I'm interested to see who thinks on which side of the coin because yeah. I think could you okay let me narrow this down to you see in the Premier League right because I know you Suarez for yours um, and that was like from when he came to Liverpool mm. I know it's only like, one season for example but like if people talk like PL grades does because we're only talking about what like 30 years worth of football compared to us talking about like the history of football basically could you 
put like someone like Dimitri Payet in that list? No. Even though he only had like, one yeah, year. Like I said, like Dimitri Payet's performances still, even though they were they were actually world class, they didn't they don't touch the surface in Creme de la Creme. And I keep saying this, like Payet was obviously sensational, but like if you want to compare him to another attacking midfielder is probably best. Does it yeah. come? No. So this is what I mean by like in terms of what I mean by peak. I want to compare peaks of every world class football there is, and then compare it in terms of who had that burst, had that explosion, who exploded mm. the loudest and the largest in those two years. And Payet, even though his two seasons were sensational, they don't really compare to like someone like Kaka's. Oh, four or five or five and six they don't therefore you can't include him in situations like that hence what I've also mm-hmm. spoken about in terms of the foul versus Suarez mm-hmm. the reason why just to, con- con- to concur as well the reason why Mykon's in there because like I said those two years from Mykon I've never seen in terms of he she shined the brightest and those, t- those two years shined the brightest in my opinion but listen, this is why we have these 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 podcasts, man, because it's nice to have different opinions. And remember, guys, before you all get hot and bothered, it is an opinion based. That's what that's, that's football's opinion. It's all relative. Yeah. It's all nah, for real. I don't know. And, 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 sure. and the reason why I really enjoy doing the curls because Corel and I, even though obviously we go way back, we we both view, even though we've watched a lot of games together and and talk football all the time, um, our viewership of the game is so different and I really appreciate it because it's just two healthy minds coming together and battling in regards to what you think. But what you, you guys listen to us ramble, would you, who'd you, who'd you side with? You agree with the way I see it in terms of, um, you know, Carell said that the footballers that are pioneers um, in regards to their position, the way they play football and obviously set a trend or. Wait, you, uh, wait, wait, before, sorry, I don't even want to, uh, I want to bring up one more thing before we, we go in. Because yeah. it just hit my brain. You see when people discuss top fives, right? Yeah. Not all time. Just even like top five players like in a position in the world, right? Yeah. Based on what you said in terms of like the player's been mad for a couple of years and then they go back to normality maybe or they're, they've even like fell off for a couple of years, for example, from where they are. Yeah. Um. Do you re- do you personally rank it season by season based on performance, or do you take like do you take reputation of the player and priority as to why they're in there? Do you get what I'm saying? Um, it's a bit of both. So I even do just literally like you can tell how good a footballer is, even regardless of how they're actually performing. Footballers do this thing of they show you glimpses of their actual general ability because, especially in modern football, it's less individualistic. It's more everyone's playing within a system and everyone's just a robot within that system. Um, but footballers tend to show you just how great they actually are. So I kind of look at it from just genuine raw talent, um, which then coincides to season their season-by-season season performance. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's yeah similar to how I look at it. Because I always find it's weird, like, how someone can have, like, let's say one and a half good seasons in it, and then they get put over someone that's, like, been... Um, really doing their thing and I don't know if it's like a power ranking sort of system or like you're an instant like you're solidified in your spot until someone comes and takes it because like even when you look at like say Messi and Ronaldo right 
you're always wanting to. The last 10 years, we're basically wanting to. Yeah. But then at what point do they drop out of the top five? Do you know what I mean? It's like... Oh, then in that sense, reputation matters a lot because some people will still have Ronaldo in that top five, where in my personal opinion, he's not been in it for the last four or five years. So... um it is reputation. Also, the bad thing is as well, it's biased because a lot of fans, like you said, the fans now stand players. And if a massive collective stand the same player, you know, there can be like hegemony of, of, of people that hum that name and in, in yeah. elevate it higher. So the one person in mind I have for that is Mohamed Salah. Hmm. And what's your thoughts on him in that regard? I think for me, Salah is obviously he's a goal scorer. He, he he will score goals for fun. But there's something in me that I just don't buy. Like there's something <laughs> there's something in that footballer that I just don't like. Maybe because he's not aesthetics, it's not aesthetics wise. But I just think in terms of technique, he is lacking, and that's why I can't give him his flowers. Um, I can still tell him he's a fantastic footballer, but is he top five? Mm, I'm not sure. So it's like that. No, that's a good way to end on because I absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah, there we are then Liverpool fans probably see them now but that's just the way I see it personally but yeah guys would you would you like, just to wrap up again um, do you agree with myself or do you agree with K-Life is generational footballers that are the pioneers of their of their position in terms of um, redeveloping a position for themselves and then ideally setting a trend in how other teams um, formulate other footballers in their position i.e. Busquets uh, Danny Alves, Maicon, Trent, da, 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 da. or do you believe or agree with Corel in regards to generational is literally the best within a specific time period or year group? Um, let me know your thoughts in the comments below. In um, mention us as well as that stuff like that. Um, so, Tony, you know what as well. Um, the next one we want that we us to do personally. I think we need to discuss. Um, Wonder Kids, failed Wonder Kids, and projections for Wonder Kids. All things Wonder Kids, basically, because we touched on it a little bit earlier. I feel like we was opening up something there, and then we got back into what we were chatting about. So I want to do that with you, personally, on a 1v1. Yeah, I'm more than happy to do that. It might be a four-hour long one, because there's a lot to uncover. But yeah, join us for that one. That should be coming soon. You know what? I'm going to make a note of that, and we'll plan it soon. Um, check up all our other stuff as well. We recently been to the Emirates Cup. Uh, that should have been up by now. Uh, when we watched Arsenal absolutely triumph over Sevilla, um, the guys actually I've, I've been interviewed. I don't think the guys even watched the game. It was just nice to link up and have banter with everyone. Hey, chill. I watched. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> talking about me. I watched. <laughs> uh, whilst you're on it as well, check up our TikTok. Um, we are on Pro Clubs. You get us an opportunity to find us a little bit more about us and how we are as people, as well as seeing who actually bangs and who sucks uh, online. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. It's all Ballers Corner. It's B A W L R S Corner, uh, Ballers Corner Pod. Any of those in variation, and uh, yeah, come back and find us more. Before we leave, Crow, please to be honest. Progression in football is not linear, and we'll say it every week. And I managed to squeeze it into the actual episode, so I'm happy about that. All right, all right. <laughs> Catch you next time. Smelling on man when we pull up, can you really step with gang?